0: and so i was going just like no no fucking roku is a punk bitch you think that roku is the wisest of all roku couldn't even kill his best friend whose fucking idea was that wait we're live oh shit
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm tempted to just start the episode there (laughs) yeah
0: that was your cold open here we go
1: (laughs) play the theme song click (laughs)
0: Remember that record that you bought me like two
1: years ago? Well, I just remembered that it's sitting in the closet, so I called you up just to tell you I've been meaning to listen to it I've been meaning to listen to that. Why don't you come over and talk about it? Ooh.
0: over and talk about it hi uh... (laughs) (laughs) hello
1: welcome to i've been meaning to listen to that the podcast where we use albums conduit whatever blah 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 that andrew usually says um andrew's not here again um i really miss him because i don't know how to run a podcast without him
0: fortunately i don't either (laughs)
1: <laughs> ah, who are you? Well, I haven't introduced you yet.
0: <laughs> I am a mysterious voice. You have to let go, Ezra. The crash wasn't your fault.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I don't have Andrew here, but I do have my lovely partner, an amazing all-around human, who's super creative and a great writer and all of the things, and pretty adorable, um, Jackson Morrill
0: yay so Who are we talking about i zoned on doubt you kind of said a bunch of words and i didn't know who they were you were talking about but it couldn't have been me
1: it was all you know, it's all true this episode is going to be super gay by the way <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry not sorry
0: <laughs> yeah uh my name's jackson i am from three and a half walls on youtube uh we you should check them. out their
1: videos they're um beautifully and hilariously absurd
0: yeah we do uh, short films and mostly podcasts Uh, covid kind of threw everything off that we had planned for the year so
1: as it did with most people our Mm -hmm. podcast i feel like is the only one that wasn't impacted because we have already been recording remotely pretty regularly and stuff yeah
0: uh, it's it's a good system to be in the practice of uh, yeah because we've been trying to go through the hiccups of getting our own podcast remote but um I was allowed to pick the theme for today's episode, which I initially thought was going to be a mistake.
1: Yeah, so, uh, the album that we're talking about today, if you just clicked on this because you were so excited to see a new episode and uh, didn't read the title, um, we're talking about Hurts to be Human by Puh Put. I, I don't know how to say that, like, with the exclamation, the exclamation point in the middle, but, um by pink as most people would call her even though that's not correct because there's no vowel in the word like how do you even
0: have Pink? punk exactly uh hurts to be human was i don't know uh the story basically goes i've been like tangentially a fan of pink just listening to radio in the 2000s and 2010s Her songs appear pretty frequently she's kind of a radio darling and I've always liked the style of her voice and just the music she makes so when I saw a new album out and they were promoting it on like those big screens at Target in their media center and I saw like the vinyl and the art style of the cover I thought man that would be a fun one but I don't want to really like dedicate myself to being a pink fan and like buy the album or anything so, when you were like, hey, do you want to do an episode? I thought, this is the perfect opportunity for me to choose something that I wouldn't otherwise go out of my way to listen to. And so, we did Hurts to be Human, and...
1: Yeah. Um, and so, I guess you kind of uh, took it away into <laughs> your <laughs> background with Pink. Um, so, I'll talk about mine a little bit. Uh, I um have not listened like i've not really sought out a lot of pink but um as jackson said like she does play a lot on the radio and so like really it's unavoidable (laughs) um but uh yeah i feel like i've heard like especially a lot of her older music over the years like um i know i've heard a lot of her music from funhouse and i really liked that so um Yeah, I was excited to get into this. Uh, She is also an artist that I've kind of been meaning to check out for a while. So um, it was just kind of the uh, perfect opportunity. Um, The one thing that I will say is that um, my experience with her wasn't all good because uh, the song Walk Me Home exists. It is from this album.
0: (laughs) (laughs) God, we're already diving in.
1: I mean, we can talk a little bit more, but I'm just saying uh, I worked at a movie theater during that time and it was one of like the promotional things that played all the time. And so I had to hear the song like every half hour and uh, it drove me insane. I didn't even work at the movie theater that long, but it's still like, I still did not want to revisit that song because of hearing it over and over again. It's just not very good.
0: I agree. I work in a retail environment now, and over a year later, it is still regularly playing at least once every two hours.
1: Oof. Along
0: with another single from this album. Uh, what is it? Can We Pretend? I forgot the song title because I don't really care for the song. Uh,
1: I think it is Can We Pretend. I didn't know that there was another single from this, beside from... Uh, I know there was, like, Walk the actual... Home the actual title track i think was uh um one of the like featured singles before it came out
0: i wasn't aware of that one
1: i had never heard it before listening to the album but um i just read that it was a thing yeah but uh anyway to fill a little bit more time uh (laughs) What is your background with music in general? Like, kind of, what is, what are your tastes, and kind of how did you get into that Ooh. stuff?
0: Okay, so I got into music very slowly. For somebody who's, like, very passionate about it, uh, you wouldn't expect that I didn't really listen to music until high school. Uh, I played in orchestra. I played specifically the violin since fourth grade.
1: Which I'm very jealous of that skill.
0: Uh, I have lost it completely, and I was like second to last chair of Violin 2 section, which is where the bad violin players go. And That's uh,
1: about how I was with clarinet. <laughs> yeah.
0: So,
1: I just didn't really care about it that much.
0: Yeah. So with music, I played violin, but I wasn't really invested in music. My parents made me learn to play piano. Around middle school, I got an iPod, but I didn't really listen to too many things i had a couple lincoln park songs i had a tattoo by uh what jordan sparks or someone like that i had uh, rihanna's disturbia on there that one was played pretty wow frequently. these are all
1: such throwbacks
0: <laughs> <laughs> disturbia has been making a radio comeback lately and it's really throwing me off balance <laughs> like i heard it in a dollar general back in like late 2018 early 2019
1: you know what song I fucking heard on the radio like within the last couple of months the
0: what?
1: Of replay
0: I don't know if I actually like know Shoddy, like a oh my god I... man I managed to avoid that one uh, you you could have punched me in the face and I would have been less shocked than just you telling me that you heard that get radio play again <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was so strange. I don't even remember where I heard it, but it was like, I felt like I got punched in the face too. And I I liked that song back in the day, but like, it's not something that needed to come back.
0: It's like my iPod's stuck on replay. No! <laughs> the lyrics are a self-fulfilling prophecy in that song. That's something that nobody tells you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I played violin. Oh, I
1: also heard... Um recently like sometime within the last six months time means nothing to me now oh yeah um covid ruined the concept of time for everyone i think
0: covid ruined a lot of things but the concept of time is up there
1: yes um but uh i heard uh cooler than me i think is what it's called oh jesus (laughs) mike posner posner posner
0: I keep hearing that one on the radio at work, and it's something that- That's
1: coming back, too? I thought that it was just a fluke that I heard.
0: No, nope, it's been back for a while. I don't know why, but something about, like, 2000 to 2006 music is making a comeback. And, uh, I think that is a dark, dark thing to understand. But anyway... So it's um, like people
1: have nothing to bet, nothing better to do right now, so they're just like
0: they're going through. they they're like finding their iPod Classic that they buried in their closet six years ago, and they're like, "Oh, this song is on there."
1: Cool. I'm gonna add it to my. To my radio queue. No, God, no, why?
0: Please, no. It's not even
1: like they're choosing the best songs from those times. Yeah, they're, they're just choosing kind of like peripheral ones.
0: They're not even playing The Scientist. At least Clocks is back on the radio. I'll take that one. Yeah. So, uh, leaning back. Get, in... Yeah,
1: getting back into your taste <laughs> in music, which is 90% cold playing.
0: Hey, listen, 60%, thank you. So uh... yeah.
1: uh, Oh, just sorry to keep interrupting. you, (laughs) But uh, I just want to point out that um, when we met, like a lot of what we connected over was music at first. Mm -hmm. And um, like, I had asked Jackson, so are you a real Coldplay fan? And then he was like, yeah, like, I I kind of like them, but I wouldn't really call myself like a huge fan. And then, like, fast forward now, I know that's one of the few concerts he's been to. His only Instagram post is about Coldplay. (laughs) He uh, is, like, actually keeping up with their new music, which most fans of them over time, I think, have just kind of glommed onto their, like, parachutes and, like, maybe Viva La Vida era, but, like, nothing really later. Um, And don't really listen to any of the new stuff. And so, yeah, you're like a Coldplay stan, I would call you.
0: Why do you have to drag me like this? Also, it was really hard to hold myself back from correcting you on that. It's the first four albums that they stick to. (laughs) God damn it. So, iPod, middle school. Uh, I liked it. I had a bunch of, like, just songs on there that my dad got for me. And then in high school, my friend Bailey actually got me into Coldplay. And then Linkin Park followed uh trocadero was somewhere in there there they were the first band i got into i technically got into them in middle school but it was such a low-key thing that i'd never really consider myself a music person even though i had most of their albums uh trocadero does the music for uh, Rooster Teeth's red versus blue and so they are what i would consider my favorite band even though all this propaganda you've heard about me Coldplay standing <laughs> is uh out there Yes,
1: propaganda. It's not (laughs) propaganda if it's true. Um
0: Twenty One Pilots is the last major band that I really, really dug into. No of Monsters and Men is a new obsession.
1: Yes, I got into of Monsters and Men, and yes, I am gonna brag about that because I have great taste in music.
0: You do. But yeah, of Monsters and Men and uh, 21 Pilots I saw in concert. My brother tried to get me into them. I wrote them off because I didn't like electronic music like a fucking moron. And then I revisited them in college and immediately fell in love because I just hadn't given them a chance.
1: I feel like uh, Trocadero has an electronic element, though.
0: Yeah, um, it's it's really weird because if you look into it, all of their instruments are analog, but they use things that come across in a way that's electronic.
1: Yeah, so that's true. one of
0: their big things is organs and specifically Moog pedals, which are really really deep bassy, uh, technically electronic, but they they're intended to emulate like really sub organ notes. But that's a very big part of Trocadero's music, only their soundtrack really delves into actually using a lot of programming and synthesizing. So, we'll we'll get more to them, but for now, uh, that brings us to today, where I really like music, and we landed on Pink. Yeah. And And uh, I'll come out and say it, I enjoy this album.
1: Ooh, spoilers for the ratings <laughs> section.
0: Um... <laughs> Are you going to do vocal effects every time you cover your mouth, like, reverb?
1: No, I don't know why I do that. I just, like, uh, since you guys can't see because this is not a visual uh, (laughs) format, um, I keep putting my hand up, like, um, by my face. Like, I'm doing, like, an aside, like, whispering to you guys where, like, Jackson can't hear me. But uh, he is right next to me, so he can hear me, and I'm talking at the same volume, so it does not um, really. Uh, it's not really communicated that I'm trying to do a thing.
0: Well, so, Ezra, my bad. Ezra, do the thing. I don't know what the thing We've is. We've been
1: watching a lot of uh, Avatar and um, Legend of Korra lately together, so uh, that was just a little Korra reference for you true fans out there who don't just write Korra off.
0: Both good shows. Watch both of them. They are
1: both amazing. I cannot decide which one I like more. They're both a special interest of mine. Um, I can't decide which one I like more. They're just such, like, different styles and genres and stuff, but, like, built within the same world, and uh, they're just so good. And I think that um, Korra, like, really dives into trauma a lot in an interesting way. And, like, you don't really see that a lot when it comes to, like, kind of more hero-related things with, like, superpowers. I wouldn't really call bending a superpower, but for lack of a better terminology with that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, highly recommend, like, checking it out. They will probably add it to Netflix at some point, I'm sure. But uh, I um, am a fucking avatar and Korra stan so i have like the blu-rays and stuff not to brag
0: yeah and you're (laughs) getting all like the books and stuff
1: yeah the books are such a good like um addition to it like the promise is the one that uh like i read the entire thing the other day (laughs) like just in one day um like it's a graphic novel that kind of like bridges the gap between uh avatar and Korra a little bit so you kind of see like what happens immediately after um, spoilers
0: i haven't read it
1: (laughs) you read half of it over my shoulder
0: (laughs) i don't remember that i don't plead guilty to that
1: also there are a lot of memes about avatar um right now since it's kind of coming back into like uh pop culture a little bit and uh a lot of them are about Kiyoshi being a bad bitch. And, like, there are two entire, like, novels about Kiyoshi. So, um, I am very excited to get into it.
0: Absolutely. Kiyoshi, queen shit. Right. We stand.
1: We were reading before, um, like, starting recording this. And I'm probably gonna cut some of this out. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we were reading, um, just, like, stuff about, uh, like, questions that people, like, were asking Google about, uh, like, Avatar and, um, Korra and, like, that world that they built, and so people were asking things like, who's the best Avatar, and, like, um, is Aang the most powerful Avatar, and stuff like that? Somebody asked if Roku's the strongest Avatar, which, uh, no. (laughs)
0: Literally, what was the first response, like, without reading any other word, one of the first responses just said the first word Kyoshi. (laughs)
1: And honestly,
0: that's all you need to say. Yeah, right? (laughs) Like, Roku.
1: Korra has bra power and is, like, very strong. Uh, Aang is, like, he has a great heart and stuff like that. And he, um, like, I think him and Korra are kind of good at, like, making, like, creative decisions and, like, uh, I don't know. um, Taking advice from the, like previous avatars and then like just kind of like forging their own path mm-hmm. um and then like kiyoshi is just like a fucking badass um and roku like i guess he's kind of wise over the years but like somebody said that he's the most experienced which is such a fucking lie because kiyoshi lived for 200 years and like as jackson said she was not frozen for a second of it
0: she was alive that entire time as far as kiyoshi is concerned roku is a punk ass bitch right kiyoshi shouldered the entire legacy of two avatars on her broad broad shoulders wasn't she like eight feet tall too
1: Oh, yeah, she was like a giant.
0: (laughs) She was eight feet tall, had like size 20 shoes, and was just a badass bitch that lived to 230 after the previous uh, avatar, a waterbender. Died after
1: like 25 years. Yeah,
0: no, he died, I think, at 33, like a bitch. And uh, Kiyoshi shouldered the legacy of two avatars. I was just thinking
1: in my head, Oh, people say that Jesus is 33, and then the next thing you say is, like a bitch.
0: <laughs> Jesus, that's a Mulaney bit. <laughs> you know, people say that Jesus was 33.
1: He lived to be 33, Yeah. Like a bitch! <laughs> like a punk-ass bitch. Um, anyway, back to what we're supposed to be talking
0: about. Oh, now we're back on topic. No, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, actually, uh, I guess maybe now would be a good time to take a break. I don't know how much time has passed. I don't know how much of that I'm going to edit out. Don't ask me. Um,
0: We're only at 25 minutes. I'm
1: not going to do the Andrew thing, though, because that's Andrew's thing to do. So I'm just going to say click. Hi guys, welcome back to I've Been Meaning to Listen to That, the show where we always stay on topic, no matter if Andrew's here or not, because Andrew's totally not the one who carries 90% of this show on his shoulders, no siree, I do stuff too. Um, what stuff? Don't ask me. Um, I would never. <laughs> anyway, uh, so let's get into the album a little bit, we're talking about hurts. To be human, um, by Pink. And I said it that way because it's like the letter did like the number two and then the letter B. Because it's cool to not spell things out. I don't know.
0: In case you don't get it, just think of the near automata character, to be.
1: I don't think anybody's gonna get it more because of that. They're just gonna have more questions.
0: You'd be surprised at what the anime audience is reaching.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's anime.
0: I guess that answers the question
1: (laughs) in the last episode of whether or not I'm a weeb. I am not. Moving on.
0: (laughs) So, uh, hurts to be human.
1: What do you think some of the themes of the record are? I'm sorry for, like, starting that sentence off so aggressively.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I just thought you were going to... What do
1: you think?
0: What do I think? I don't. Um, there's a lot going on. Some of it is... The theme of my my label wants me to get more radio hits for them so that they make more money and i get a five percent cut of it and then the rest of the themes are okay they're off my back now that i've made the three songs that will get radio play for the next 10 years uh and i want to kind of explore the traumas and like the anxieties and fears that i've experienced as a person growing up and try to make some stuff that like describes that i'm not too familiar with pink's discography but i feel like that's something that she just does when i looked in wikipedia one of the sections in her early life was that when she was young she would just write lyrics to kind of cope with things and her mother outright commented on them being very dark even black at times stuff and uh that comes through relate. (laughs) that comes through in uh some of the uh off-radio songs that are on this album.
1: Yeah, I found a bunch of, um, like, I was looking in the garage, like, in my mom's garage for uh, some stuff, and uh, I found, um, like, some papers that I wrote when I was younger, and, uh, like, n- like old notebooks and shit like that, and uh, I, uh, like, read some of those things uh, because of, I was just, curious like what those notebooks were for and if I wanted to keep any of them um there was a lot of like poetry just like lyrics random shit that I would write and um my takeaway from all of it was oh huh so I had depression that young cool
0: at least so I relate (laughs) (laughs) at least that sounds a little bit cooler than what I found when I dug into my hard drive uh the oldest file I found in there was literally just called ultimate vader edition and I was like that was from 2013. It was just a Word document that apparently in high school I really wanted to write a fan fiction about what would happen if Anakin won the battle on Mustafar instead of Obi-Wan. <laughs> and uh, that's already been covered in, like, Star Wars What If media, so I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. Clearly, I didn't either, because I had a sentence and a half written in it, and that was it. A sentence and a half, and I made sure to delete that shit. I don't need that on my hard drive anymore. I only needed Immortalized here, where... What's the average viewer base per episode?
1: Like 30 people.
0: You know what? You people get an exclusive. I trust you. Don't tell my secret. Please don't tell my secret. I don't know what to say to <laughs> that. <so. laughs>
1: That's why I was just silent for a minute.
0: Um. Oh man. This album I do find a little bit difficult to really segue into because there are two halves of this album. There's... Most of it, which is this more raw kind of like talking about the experience. And I think that the theme of the album is also the title and the title track. It Hurts to be Human. And that's kind of Pink exploring all the different ways that life is just painful as yeah. a person. And it's not even in ways that like are brought upon or forced upon her. It's just kind of the natural way of living life is not necessarily kind. And uh it's interspersed with these barely related super radio friendly songs that kind of feel jammed in there in my personal opinion
1: yeah well in talking about themes solely like we'll talk a little bit more about um the radio filler and stuff in a second but just in talking about themes like um just the central idea of like it hurting to be human and stuff reminds me of a thing that i was reading the other day um because like uh, Tessa Violet, um, was just tweeting the other day. I think she was bored. Um, but she, like, uh, changed her name to, like, Sky Person and had people ask her questions. And, uh, like, one person asked, will my life ever get better? Will things constantly go downhill? And, uh, then, uh, she responded to that, "Hello." <laughs> Uh, Your outside circumstances will get better and worse and better and worse throughout the course of your life. That is the way it is for all people. What you can control is how kind you are to yourself through it. So love yourself deeply. You'll always have you. And I think that's really sweet.
0: That is a fantastic sentiment. And I think that a part of that is kind of what Pink comes away with at the end of the album. Pink's also, like, guilty of having hurt people. And she kind of wraps that into the experience, too. Absolutely of, uh, like learning to be able to forgive yourself for that and ask for forgiveness and understand that that's not always going to come easily. Uh, and in some cases it's kind of one of the ways that life is cruel is that you can hurt people and they will never forgive you even if you change. And you kind of have to be willing to accept that. And
1: yeah, I was talking with a friend about that recently that like, um, sometimes you don't get like closure and you don't get things wrapped in a neat little bow and uh people can um like be hurt by you and that's the end of it and like there's no chance to apologize or to get forgiveness from them and even if you do try to and you try to clear the air like sometimes it just doesn't happen but uh ultimately like you can go forward from that a little bit more humble and a little bit more um like, aware of the impact that you have on other people, and you can be a better person, and, um, like, forgive yourself through that. Like, you can't live life just continually punishing yourself for previous things. I've met people who do that, and they're not fun people to be around. It's exhausting, and it, uh, adds up, um, and it- continues to have a negative impact on the people around them and so then like it's it's this self-fulfilling prophecy but um if you like allow yourself to like forgive yourself um for the harm that you cause and to uh like just vow to be a better person and to like not let those experiences be in vain and to move forward like contributing more good in the world and not hurting people in those same ways and not like letting history repeat itself, then like ultimately that's really the best that you can do with that.
0: And also big pharma is the source of America's problem with opiate addiction.
1: Gollum <laughs> <laughs> Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna definitely going to have to cut that because it's <laughs> just an inside thing.
0: Yes, but what if somebody gets it?
1: <laughs> True. I'm going to leave it on the off chance somebody gets it. Everybody else, ignore this. But you one person, like, you're cool.
0: We're looking out for you.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, what reference? America... <laughs>
0: that's not a reference that's just the that's facts. just the
1: facts big truth pharma is the root of america's, america's problem, problem with opiate, opiate addiction. addiction it's just truth gollum yeah
0: just finishing sentences with gollum i just love how angry he
1: comes in after that just the like silence for like 15 seconds but
0: if but if somebody offers you weed is that make him a bad person no
1: definitely no
0: (laughs) oh sorry we're uh we're, we're uh in the weeds
1: we're not in we're not we're recording this episode completely sober guys i don't know what he's talking about Anyway, um, (laughs) do you want to get into lowlights or highlights
0: first? Um, I kind of want to do the lowlights first just to get them out of the way. Okay. Uh, and it's just one of those things where I really like the highlights and I feel like they're much more emblematic of what I think the album wants to be rather than the lowlights. And so talking about the lowlight seconds kind of brings it down in a way that doesn't feel beneficial to Bill of I
1: usually prefer to do the same thing.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Um... Yeah. Also, the reason of that big pause was I didn't know if if uh, if I explained it if uh, what if I explained the phrase in the weeds if you already knew. What I
1: it knew meant. what you meant. I was just <laughs> making a joke.
0: <laughs> okay, that was the pause. It just my brain entirely locked because I'm like I could explain this and then you would say I already know. Why are you explaining it? I'm not dumb. Or uh, I it would just derail even. No, further. <laughs> I know I, I
1: deadpanned it so. I would not take it personally if you explained it.
0: Well, yeah, I just like the phrase. That was a gay thing that happened on recording. Shit. Language. This is a PG podcast. Nah. Watch your get fucked (laughs) fucking (laughs) mouth. I think the first thing that needs to be said in the low light section is "Walk me home." (laughs)
1: So bad.
0: (laughs) It's not even that it's just a bad song. It's just, it is...
1: It it physically gives me fatigue to listen to.
0: And I think that's an exposure thing, but even me not being too, like, overloaded on it, you definitely have more than enough reason to say that and be justified Uh, with me. I haven't heard it as much, but I just, it's so, like, sterile made for radio... And it it's just radio filler. Off... Yeah, it's radio filler, and it doesn't really go anywhere or say anything. It's just a catchy beat with catchy lyrics that's designed to shoot up the charts. Yeah. And uh, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Uh, that's really more of a thing that labels do to uh, promote artists, and it's uh, why I why I like artists that aren't necessarily uh, stuck to like the whims of the labels.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that it's nice when artists have control over their own music. And I know um, that, like... I don't know. It's not really their decision to be, like, at the whims of, like, the music industry and stuff. But, like, um, it's just unfortunate all around. Uh Artists should have control over their own music and just be able to make what they want. And, like, the thing is... In this era of music, having artists that are, like, a little bit weirder and, like, the um, lines between genres being, like, more muddled than ever. Like, why? Like,
0: <laughs> what's the point of making a very, very pop hit?
1: Yeah, what's the point of, and, like, this is a little speculation, obviously. We're not, we aren't pink and we don't know her personally, but, like, um, it's very likely that, uh, songs like this were, um, like, even if they were written by her, they were, like, uh, very sanitized for, like, radio play and shit, and, like, um, even if that's not the case with this, that is such a thing that happens in, like, pop radio, and, like, when we can have an artist, like, that, breaks through and like becomes huge and like the majority of people love her despite the fact that she is uh, a little bit more out there like Billie Eilish like why can like things like that happen and then we still have the like um, mindset of like you need to sound this certain way and like it needs to fit within this certain shape in order to get radio play.
0: Mm -hmm. and it's 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 frustrating because i really do feel like there's a strong core to this album that comes through in a couple of songs but right when you feel like it's getting on a roll it derails because there is walk me home or uh hell what was the other one Uh, can we pretend or what was the other one that i didn't really like uh courage
1: courage yeah
0: yeah, those three in particular, Circle Game a little bit. Circle Game feels like it's from her heart, but it also just is a bit much.
1: Yeah, Circle Game feels like something that she wrote um, more authentically, but that definitely is a low light for me. I just, uh, it is kind of an annoying song, <laughs> which I don't like. usually just overtly say that. Like I usually try to find like, reasons to point to but it's just a little exhausting to listen to and it's unfortunate because i think the subject of the song like she's uh talking about like her daughter and stuff like i think that like that's important and close to her heart it's just uh the sound of the song is not great
0: yeah um another low light for me and this is something that i was fine with when i first started listening to this album but now that I know the whole album in context. Hustle really just feels out of place. Yeah. It's got a little bit I of that. I can see that. It's got a little bit of that Las Vegas glitz that you kind of pointed out that Brendan Urie tends to write with his music. It has a little bit of that. And then I don't it gets remember kind pointing that out.
1: But I do like it a lot and I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I do agree it feels a little out of place for the album. It works as a single and it's definitely something that would get radio play. Yeah. Um, That isn't, uh, as, like, um, exhausting to listen to. It's, like, a little bit more fun.
0: Yeah, it's very jaunty.
1: Yeah. It very much has a Brendan Neary vibe, so. Yeah. Agree with that assessment. (laughs) Also, speaking of hustle, uh, what does live my life like a bullet and a gun (laughs) Give you all my love till my patience is done. What does that mean? I
0: don't know. It kind of hurts my brain to think about. I assume... I don't even have an assumption for the phrase live my life like a bullet in a gun.
1: Live my life like a bullet in a gun. I could see being like walking on eggshells. But then the next line, like, just confuses me more. (laughs) Give you all my love till my patience is done. Like, either of these lines on their own, fine. Them together do not make sense. Like, so is living like in the gun, like, giving you all the love and then um, being shot out of the gun is, like, their patience is done?
0: I don't know. It's like lobster and frosting. I don't like them together, even though I like them individually.
1: Why were those your go-to? Have you had Lobster with Frosting before?
0: I don't want to talk about it.
1: Okay, moving on. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> the next song is a bit better. Uh, yeah, that
1: was originally a lowlight for me, but it did grow on me. I yeah. think it would make, like, I kind of agree with uh, what you had told me earlier, that, like, it, it would make a natural, like, beginning to the album.
0: Yeah. I mean there has to be radio hits because just that is what it is. It's a pink album. And uh I feel like that one could be a lot better, but it also has some fucking lyrics in it. <laughs> Which one do we want to start with?
1: Uh I'll start with What do you mean?
0: As far as the lyrics in Miss You Sometime.
1: Oh, um McDonald's kind of love. <laughs>
0: There's a bunch of examples. I'm going to pull up the lyrics now because I didn't think about Jack this.
1: Daniel's kind of love.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Johnny Cash kind of love makes a little bit more sense, I guess.
0: She also says, like, uh, baby boy throughout the song. And I'm like, baby boy, ha, huh? little boy, ha. Huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> We've been watching a lot of Always Sunny lately, too. so We've
0: been watching a lot of things. Yeah. Big Time Johnny Cash, McDonald's type of love. Uh, Jack Daniels again, Titanic with your love, waking up in Florida kind of love. Okay, so really it's just Titanic kind of love. (laughs) Not Titanic, McDonald's kind of love is a big question mark stamped across this entire song.
1: If you had to come up with pop culture references for our type of love, what would you use?
0: Red Lobster. It's very, like...
1: When he fuck me good, I take his ass to Red Lobster. That's a line from Lemonade.
0: I've never uh, listened to Lemonade, so that was just out of context thrown at me.
1: (laughs) I think that's the line. Let me look it up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when he fuck me good, I take his ass to Red Lobster.
0: She says it twice.
1: Yeah. It's like a very notable line from it. We uh our first episode with this podcast was about lemonade, so a little throwback (laughs) for you guys.
0: Oh no. I'm sorry I did a throwback, but I was just thinking of the atmosphere. It's like got very nice tables and the lights are very dim. I like it.
1: Since Red Lobster is your favorite restaurant, I have no choice but to take it as a compliment, so thank you.
0: Yeah. It's gentle. Yeah. It's gentle and wonderful. Every visit is a great time.
1: Remember restaurants. I miss them. (laughs) Remember places.
0: Welcome back to I've been meaning to listen to that. (laughs) Uh, Is that a good transition into kind of like highlights such as the rest of the album?
1: Um, let me think if I have any more lowlights to mention. Uh... Yeah, not, not, I don't really. Um, it's mostly just Walk Me Home. And then like some of the just kind of more radio filler songs.
0: Can We Pretend is the big one that I'm hearing a lot right now at work.
1: That song is so repetitive and it gets kind of annoying. Like it's not bad at first. And I think like uh, if it was shorter, it wouldn't um, be as frustrating.
0: But it's also it's just... not placed well in the album.
1: Absolutely. I agree.
0: It's just kind of interjected because when you get to uh ninety days and hurts to be human, uh fo- following my addict actually feels like the album's starting to build towards like an overall
1: Absolutely. theme,
0: and then can we pretend just kind of crashes in? And I think the big thing with it is my immediate comparison is uh, Coldplay's "A Sky Full of Stars." God damn it, you dragged me into this once again, but I'm just <laughs> gonna go with it. Where it is this very electronic inspired dance song but it's placed as the second to last song in the album and it builds the album being quiet ahead of that and not really having a lot of explosive moments is building to this grand finale of a sky full of stars with these very Avicii uh synth beats playing in there and it's kind of pounding and something you hear in a dance club this can we pretend is the same thing but it's just positioned randomly in the middle of the album. and Yeah, it's... it
1: doesn't really feel like there was a lot of thought put into the ordering of the songs.
0: Yeah. Uh, Hustle's decent, and I think that 90 Days and It Hurts to be Human and like the last couple of songs on the album, those feel more strategically placed, but uh, just the radio hits kind of feel thrown in.
1: Yeah. I agree. So... Did you have anything more to say about uh, low lights?
0: Uh, courage is just too long. I feel like courage is a song that should have had a verse and a chorus and then like faded faded out and uh, it would have been a lot better. As it stands, it drags on for an extra two minutes after it should have ended.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely one of those that it's like it's not inherently bad, but it just gets old.
0: It drags and doesn't really build in such a way that you're tired of it when it ends, rather than satisfied.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, anything more?
0: No. Uh, everything else I have to say is in the like neutral positive to very positive.
1: Okay. Um, let's go ahead and uh, take another break then, and then we will get into highlights.
0: Can Click. Are we ready to get back to it?
1: I guess. Hi, welcome back to. I've been meaning to listen to that. We are both old men. Um,
0: (laughs) our backs don't work.
1: Nope, not at all.
0: Back machine broke. (laughs)
1: Uh, (laughs) yeah, no, you don't even have to hang out with Jackson that long to hear, uh, like his entire body crackle.
0: (laughs) Yes, I am made of like those little snaps you throw on the ground, and they go.
1: Jackson is made of glow sticks.
0: Hmm, that's also a fair comparison, except I don't glow and I can crack again and again and again.
1: Um, anyway, you want to get into highlights?
0: Yes, I do. Uh, I really like the highlights on this album. Initially, my first listen through, I was kind of leaning into, like, a middle of the road, fine album, uh, a lot of easy listening stuff.
1: It's when, like, you really listen with, like, intention to the songs that, like, um, kind of the beauty of like the softer ones like come through
0: mm-hmm. and there's a lot of variety in this album i think that listening to it multiple ways is really helpful there are some like you said which the mastering is really meant for headphones 90 days in particular yeah and there's others which i really love the atmosphere of them just playing through car speakers while you're sitting in a parking lot uh that's perfectly serviceable, serviceable for the uh way that they mastered the songs and it really fits kind of the aesthetic they're kind of going for.
1: Yeah, because when I did uh, my first listen through with headphones um, I kind of thought uh, at first like this isn't really an album that like there's any merit to listening like through headphones over listening through car speakers and then I got to my attic and uh, my opinion changed because like the first like three songs are kind of like more um like upbeat like party like whatever play on the radio type of thing they're pop um, radio yeah and, uh... absolutely and uh pop radio is very much um like most of it is made to where like uh it's supposed to be listened to on the radio like there's really um no merit to sitting down and like listening to it past that but uh like and I'm specifically talking about pop radio like I've talked good about pop music on here before so you guys know that like I don't really um like just count something out because it's pop music um like I even talked good about Taylor Swift's last album so
0: um and there's also some kind of like pop music that has radio edits specifically to kind of narrow down its frequency length so that when you listen to the album version, it's a lot more rewarding and rich of a Absolutely.
1: soundscape. Absolutely. And like, uh, so like the ones that are made more for pop radio on this, uh, like definitely like listening to them in the car, I think is better. But then when you get to songs like My Attic or 90 Days, um, or even "Hurts to be Human, And then, like, the last track,
0: uh... The last song I'll ever listen to. That's one that I think works either way, but,
1: uh... Yeah, like, I think that... But those... Most of those work either way, but, uh, it's just so rewarding to listen through headphones and to hear, like, the dynamics of it. Because I think Pink has such a good handle on, um, dynamics and how to, like, organically build to, um just like to where like the the song can start out like so softly and um so uh like somber and stuff and then just build to like this really uh kind of beautiful like more um like where it like it shows off like the power behind her voice a lot better and like she does that in such a like effortless seeming way (laughs) And I think that she doesn't really get a lot of credit for that because she does write some, like, really good music for radio a lot of the time. And, uh, like, like I mean, we were talking before both of our exposure, like, of her was mostly through radio. And, like, they weren't, like, bad songs. Like, Raise Your Glass is good.
0: Raise Your Glass is, like, just a straight-up bop. If anybody dislikes Raise Your Glass, i take umbrage with you uh there <laughs>
1: wow strong words
0: i do uh razor glass is just like a party anthem for those who just kind of feel like tired and just want to have a good time yeah and i think that's that's a very that's a very strong sentiment especially in radio where it's kind of like stylized everybody is good pink's always kind of been the standout her voice is so like you were talking about dynamics she accomplishes so much of that just in her voice and the way that it's produced
1: yeah absolutely um, I do agree with uh, what you had said about this album being slightly overproduced. That's one thing that we didn't really touch on in Low Lights mm-hmm. as much. Um, but like, I think that, uh, her voice on its own is just so good that I don't think that it really needs a lot of the production that's put into
0: it. It's very rich.
1: Yeah. And I think that, um, that's why, uh, some songs stand out like, uh, The last song of your life. (laughs) I keep forgetting that song title for some reason. Yeah, Um, me too. (laughs) That's why, uh, like, that stands out so much is because um, it's like a lot softer and it uh, really um, shows off like how good an acoustic album would be from her. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, like, because I haven't um, dove into like her. Discography a lot. Um, I don't know if she's ever done like a stripped-down acoustic thing I assume that she has because most artists who have been around that long have at some point or another Even if it was just like four songs for Spotify or something like that Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I think that like she would stand out like so Wonderfully on something like
0: that Absolutely uh, one thing that I think Pink has going for her is that in the productions of everything, her voice is very layered with anywhere from like two to five layers of her vocals. Even on The Last Song of Your Life, there's at least three running. Yeah. But her, she's very good at harmonizing with herself and uh, what little bit of tweaking needs to happen makes it all blend so harmoniously that it feels almost like a Chester Bennington effect where... Uh, with uh, Linkin Park and specifically recording the album of Meteora, one of the producers for that album noted that when Chester Bennington would really get into it and hit his high notes, it sounded like more than one voice because of the way that his screams reverberated in his body. And uh, Pink, had, Pink, I wonder if she has a similar effect with her voice because it sounds yeah. like something that she, she could does. pull off with her more intense singing.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. And um, I I do agree that like, the harmonies on this album are so beautiful. Like, uh, 90 days that was like, we listened to the song for the first this album for the first time together. And that was like the first one that I commented on because like, the harmonies are just so pretty. And uh, it's like, so beautifully somber and listening to it through headphones is even better mm-hmm. than like speakers and a lot of the um dynamics of it really stand out and like the um like vocoder just like compliments uh her voice so well and uh it's just really pretty and i like it
0: i do too uh, i actually got a little bit of a chill down my spine just thinking of uh, 90 days 90 Days is one of their. One of this album's more interesting features. It features Rabel, who. Or Rabble. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I've never uh, listened to the artist before now, so.
0: <laughs> w R A B E L. Apparently, he's just a uh, songwriter that came out of, like, the SoundCloud era, but he is. Uh, he's in LA. You and... talk
1: like the SoundCloud era has ended. Oh, no.
0: It's. I I don't think he's from the exact same crop as Post Malone, but it seems like his origins are very similar. But he's been pretty established and he's worked with Kesha, apparently, as it's listed in one of his associated acts on Wikipedia. But uh, he features on this song and I love 90 Days. It is one of the best songs on the album uh, because it is a very soft piano. And those two voices, just with vocoders, Pink doesn't even layer her vocals, it's just the vocoder carrying that weight.
1: Yeah, it's so good.
0: And they both just intertwine their harmonies so well. Uh, Pink sometimes leads the melody, and Rabel leads the melody sometimes. I'm always just going to pronounce it, like, one of six ways. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh
1: but yeah his voice is really good too Mm -hmm. um and uh i would definitely be interested in seeing like what some of the stuff is that he does solo because like that's like similarly i think that uh just based on this song alone he could probably do like music that's like stripped down really effectively as well
0: Mm -hmm. and i wonder if He's more of like a rapper than a singer or anything like that. But uh, that might be something to explore in the future. Yeah. Uh, speaking of like strong features, uh, Khalid shows up on this album.
1: Absolutely. Like, I love Khalid. I, I need to listen to, uh, similarly, I need to listen to some of Khalid solo <laughs> stuff. Because I haven't really like explored much of his discography, but I love everything <laughs> that I've heard him in. And uh, I think he's utilized so well on this album um it like he's featured on uh the title track and um like he also harmonizes so well with her and like his like verse is just beautiful like he has the fucking voice of an angel
0: (laughs) yeah and i think that's actually a really cool thing uh without throughout the features uh can we pretend features cash cash but that's not really anything special And then uh, there's one more feature with Chris Stapleton, but she tends to feature male singers and their vocal style is very different from hers on either end of the spectrum. Khalid and Rabel's uh, vocals are very like angelic and very soft compared to her where she kind of sings with a bit of a grit. Yeah. And uh, I love that about Pink and it's something that I've, why I've always enjoyed listening to her is that it's clear that she just, She's not wanting to be perfect, angelic voice. Like, I
1: think she could do rock music very well if mm-hmm. she, uh, was interested in that. But she just, uh, like, wants to stay more in the pop genre. And, uh, I think she, like, because she is outside of a genre that you would usually hear that type of voice. And I think she, like, really stands out. Like, to where you can hear a song of hers on the radio that, like, you've never heard before, um like first listen through had no preconceived notions about it didn't like know it by name or know that like she like that it was her song and you would instantly be able to tell that it's her
0: Mm -hmm. and i think that uh uh i do think that some of her early albums her first album was notably like rhythm and blues oriented according to uh wikipedia but from then on Her early discography after that first album were apparently focused on pop punk. So there was, her music was grittier at a time, apparently.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely one of those, like, um, I don't know, Avril Lavigne back then who, like, uh, set themselves slightly outside of the pop genre, but, like, um, still, like, had enough in it that, like, um they could be played on pop radio regularly and were considered part of that genre even though they had like a punk edge
0: yeah yeah i love punk edges but uh i mean hurts to be human uh the other feature
1: interesting since you don't listen to pop punk (laughs) you didn't have an emo phase exactly like
0: uh it meant i listened to a lot of lincoln park my senior year of high school and my freshman and sophomore years of college I had to make up for lost time by just going straight for, like, angry instead of, like, depressed and sad and uh, eventually into, like, just angry political music.
1: Yeah, that's understandable. We talk about that a little bit more next week.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Because Jackson is on that episode as well. We've already Oh, God, it. I
0: forgot that I time traveled. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> yes i hope i say thanks for having me on for the first time on the next week's episode <laughs> yeah. i know i, did I think it, you but...
1: do like i think you do say something about it being like the first i'm sorry time i've never done, done this before. for the first time
0: oh yeah i made andrew for the first time but i think also i said i've never done this before on the uh adding songs to the playlist section. <laughs> Uh, I, love I don't that. even know how
1: that episode's gonna turn out because andrew's editing that one so. Oh, he is yeah
0: <laughs> wow uh okay yeah I...
1: he asked if he could so
0: okay uh well i did make a fool of myself in that episode too so i can't wait to see
1: i a... also made a fool of myself
0: so listen fools were made of everybody except for andrew because andrew has the timing of a genius apparently
1: yeah, Andrew is a wonderful person, and I miss him. Where? Um, why did Andrew leave me this month?
0: It's because he's straight. Fair enough. Called out. Call out post, <laughs> Andrew. Why are you so straight?
1: Andrew's the only straight person on this month. Because <laughs> he's on the next two episodes of the month. But uh, nobody else, like... None of our guests, uh, have been straight throughout this and I'm obviously not straight. So,
0: and since I'm dating you, I'm obviously not straight. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry to deliberately steer the conversation back, but I do want to talk about, uh, love me anyway, which, uh, is another really, really interesting feature of Chris Stapleton, who I think is known for more country and, uh something it's that definitely
1: I, got a more country feel to it, it does
0: song. and that's something that i actually kind of like about this album is it's a grab bag of a lot of genres you go from like heavy pulsing dance music that is uh not really fitting of the album as a whole but it's not the worst thing you can listen to on the album it's not walk me home to uh <laughs> this this really nice acoustic stuff to country love me anyway to uh more acoustic uh, but still, like, with power, like, my addict. To
1: Happy, which I can't even remember how Happy goes, so I'm just gonna say that it's Pharrell's Happy.
0: Happy's a good song. Uh, she just
1: threw it in her album for Pharrell fun.
0: Williams cover. Uh, that one is actually an interesting song where she's very raw with her vocals talking about how, like, she's been a the therapist, she has drowned out her, like, emotions and stuff, and she may just be afraid to be happy is kind of the hook of the song.
1: Yeah, she, like...
0: She's very forward about a lot of things on this album. She's,
1: yeah, she's very, um like, vocal about, like, her issues and stuff like that. And I respect it. Like, I was talking to Jackson earlier about how I relate to the song My Attic a lot. Like, that was definitely one of the highlights for me. Not to steal your thunder of talking about Love Me Anyway. But uh, it was specifically because, like, um not only is that, like, just a beautiful dynamic song but like I can relate a lot to that like of just um wanting to open up and not really like knowing how because of like being so shut down from traumatic experiences Mm -hmm. so just kind of like talking to a partner like just saying like I hope you'll stick by with me so that like eventually I can um fully like I can figure out how to like fully open up to you and like you can help me like um unlock these doors a little bit i just think that's a really good sentiment anyway back to love me anyway
0: uh i kind of said all it is it's a really good feature from chris staples and, or chris stapleton i keep calling him staples uh that was easy uh but chris stapleton from
1: Vince staples oh, yes
0: <laughs> Vince staples invented the staple did you know that what yeah
1: uh is staples his franchise
0: yes he invented that too wow the logo and everything um i don't know just love me anyway it's very very country flavored uh it's very quiet um i feel like i could compare it to a couple songs but i can't think of any off the top of my head it's almost got a hint of johnny cash country where you get this sense i don't really get that as much i don't Necessary. But I'm also
1: very protective of Johnny Cash. <laughs>
0: that is fair. Uh, Johnny Cash. Uh, my experience with him is very few songs. But I love his sense of just like quiet and being out on a quiet night. And Love Me Anyway kind of has that. Even though it has more of the modern country uh, wailing guitar. That is very emblematic of modern country. I've said this word country so many times it's starting to lose meaning. Anyway... Which is chris stapleton is a very raw voice and it's an interesting feature that adds another genre onto the belt of this album and i think that it's another song that i personally recommend because this song does not pass the first three songs test if you listened to the first three songs of this album you would think it's kind of garbage
1: yeah absolutely if you like didn't really give it a full listen through and a chance, like, you wouldn't really hear a lot of the best tracks, Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of a shame. I think that, like, there is some stuff that could be cut from this album, and then it would, like, be like I was gonna say a lot better received, but um, it was well received and was like number one when it came out, so um, it did well enough for itself, but I think that, like, it would be like very uh like critically acclaimed and like beautiful if there were just like a few changes made to it like in the track order and then uh just cutting like out some of the um the fat yeah
0: there's 13 songs on this album uh even at only 47 minutes i feel like this could be a 10 song album that's closer to like the uh 38 37 minute range yeah so it's still overall a positive experience. Uh, a couple of the songs that I really like, uh, My Attic and Happy, the, this is where the conversation of overproduction kind of came in. And I don't want to say that these songs are at all bad. They are quality songs and I think they're emblematic of the good things this album does. However, I do think that particularly with My Attic, I would have cut just the percussion and left it to strings and guitar.
1: Yeah, I think it would have been better that way, too. And I will agree with that.
0: I think Happy, the same thing could be done if I had to just say, Pink, do three songs, acoustic, uh, just on a set, an acoustic guitar and your vocals. Doesn't matter who's playing the acoustic guitar. I would want her to do My Attic, Happy and the last song of your life. The last song of your life is already very much, uh, guitar and her voice, but I want to hear those other two songs with just that complete acoustic energy. Strip it away to the very bare essentials.
1: Yeah. So Pink, if you're listening, because, uh, we have a very popular podcast and obviously everybody's listening to podcasts right now because what the fuck else is there to do? Um, please make an acoustic album.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I think what we landed on is that this album does feel like it was kind of meddled with the label just a little bit. Like they kind of forced more radio hits in there than needed to be.
1: Yeah, which is fully speculation, but I think it's very likely that that's what happened.
0: Yeah, bigger artists like that, that tends to be it. And I would love to see what happens when Pink just has... Complete creative control of an album.
1: Yeah, like I think labels need to um, trust their artists more. Like there's a reason that you signed them, and uh, just trust that they're gonna make some good shit.
0: She's such a strong songwriter, and I did look into it. It seems like most of the songwriting credits, while she is not the sole creditor, she is the first credit. Yeah. On them, and uh, that may be an alphabetical thing because her real name should we reveal her real name on podcast yeah
1: let's dox pink
0: <laughs> it's alicia but it's spelled differently so uh good luck figuring that one out yeah um yeah she is credited. And her address is <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good joke <laughs> i would say that i would just recommend this album <laughs> I think that once you kind of struggle through those first three songs, and it's not like they're bad songs, they're just not really representative of the overall tone of the album. Once yeah. you get through there, you hit My Attic and 90 Days and Hurts to be Human, and you kind of really see what it's supposed to be. And then you can skip Can We Pretend and get on with the rest of it.
1: The- yeah, absolutely. Anyway, do you want to get into final thoughts and ratings, or did you have any more like notes to throw in there?
0: uh not particularly i really like we could have it all i think that's a that's a song that fits in the theme and can still be a radio hit i think that is kind of like the bigger one that's overlooked over the whole album yeah because it it is one of those more produced songs and uh would fit well on the radio but i don't know it just isn't for some reason
1: yeah so did you want to go first on your final thoughts and ratings?
0: Sure thing. Um, And it's one of those things where I've more or less said my piece. I really like this album. Again, I would trim three songs. I would trim Circle Game, uh, Walk Me Home, and Can We Pretend. The rest I can live with. There might be some minor reordering, and I wish Courage was just trimmed down to the first verse and the chorus, and then it kind of faded out from there is a more experimental short song because uh otherwise it drags on but everything else in the album i genuinely really enjoyed and i'm very glad that i went on this journey and so i would rate hurts to be human uh i didn't think of a metric uh, eight pains out of ten humans uh trim a couple songs and you got a, a banger in there
1: nice <laughs> um yeah i think uh similarly i've kind of, um, said a lot of my piece about this, I do, uh, think that, like, um, I mean, like, 14 songs is a lot for a pop record these days, and so I think that, uh, there is some stuff that could be trimmed, and, um, it would be a lot stronger of an album, um, and, but, like, overall, I think that, uh, there are some pretty good songs on there. It's, like, um, not- really what you expect going into it. Like, um starting out like I agree with you, it doesn't really start the strongest. But uh I still would leave the first couple of songs in just for the sake of line like beautiful lines like McDonald's kinda love.
0: And uh living life <laughs> like a bullet in a gun.
1: Yes. Um like because i think there's something to be said for just music that you can have fun with and mm-hmm. like uh like make jokes and and stuff like i think that uh the second song um i didn't like it was a low light for me at first but uh, it grew on me and i would definitely leave it in like i think it uh is hilarious but in a way that i think that uh she intended mm-hmm. not like it's a laughable song like It's just uh, got some really good lines in there that I think she intended to be funny. Um, And yeah, it's overall a pretty solid album. So I will go ahead and rate this um, seven. I'll do it the way that you like things to be rated. Um, (laughs) Seven bullets and ten
0: guns. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a little warmer on it, but uh, I just... The songs that I like, I really, really like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not like I would necessarily seek this album out to listen to it a lot. Um, Like, I don't think it's going to be a regular cycle for me, but uh, there are some songs that I saved from it because they're just that good.
0: Mm -hmm. If I had to recommend three songs from it and nothing else, uh, it'd probably be My Attic 90 Days and Last Song of Your Life.
1: Same. Same. So. Yeah, partner <laughs> synergy. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. I actually am liking this on Spotify right now. Uh, I'll probably like trim it down or something later, but yeah, it's just it really does have so many good strong points that I feel like it's worth a listen to. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're petting my hair right now. It's been, it's gotten fluffy.
1: Yeah. He's trying to see how long he can grow his hair before he gets fed up and cuts it. And, uh, I think it's really
0: cute. It's either going to be, like, in three days or three months. Yeah. It is, there is no in-between with me and my hair. I will get tired of it and I will take the very next opportunity to cut it. That is how it usually works.
1: I mean, that's kind of what happened with my hair. I just, uh got tired of it being uneven all the time and got tired of trying to think of what color to dye it so i just shaved it all off
0: and now you look like a badass
1: (laughs) i looked like a badass before
0: you always look like a badass
1: (laughs) anyway uh so now let's get into the uh i've been meaning to listen to that and i did playlist which is not as fun to announce without Andrew here, because he had the great idea a while back to um, like trade off with it, and it's really cute.
0: Well, I want to do that. Do you want to just cut that and do it where I do it, or do you want Andrew to be like this? I'll leave
1: one? all this in, but now we'll do it. <laughs> okay. Um. So let's get into our. I've been meaning to listen to that.
0: And I did playlist. playlist. Yes, that worked so well. <laughs>
1: anyway um i didn't think of a song to feature yet
0: uh i did actually we brought up trocadero earlier in the podcast so i'll just vamp and do this so my pick is keep moving off of trocadero's 2007 album ghosts that linger i'm not sure if that's the date it might have been 2009 i don't particularly care so keep moving by trocadero that's a good pick click now talk about the song so this song is uh it's really fun but it's also kind of interesting uh very loosely uh the trocadero.net website talks about how think that nico was inspired to write the lyrics based off of world of warcraft but uh there's always been this just very dark very bayou-ish vibe that i love about it because it's intense and uh dangerous but it also has like a banjo it's also very short and sweet in the way that i wish like uh the pink song courage off of this album was uh it wraps itself up in under three minutes and it just builds it hits its point and then it kind of rolls out and the banjo is kind of the selling point but uh you get the sense that it's something that would work really well in a movie trailer in particular uh so i've always wanted to build a trailer around it and one day i hope i can but uh i also just really like trocadero so i could recommend any song from them but keep moving in particular has been on my mind lately
1: nice um, so I'm actually going to go ahead and feature two songs because Andrew's not here. So I get to make the rules. Oh. Um, <laughs> so my first song uh, is going to be um, just because, uh, like, Khalid was also featured on this album. And I had talked a little bit about, um, like, artists like Billie Eilish, who are a little bit more out there, changing the game a little bit. So I'm going to feature... Lovely by Billie Eilish featuring Khalid. Yeah. Cool. not lovely. home. So um this song is Walking just uh really beautiful it's got like great harmonies it's um like not too like overly produced um and uh plus like lovely is my favorite word uh so i just really like gravitate to songs kind of with that theme and um i just think that uh it's a really lovely song yeah um and then My next one is actually going to be uh, one that, um, like by an artist that uh, Jackson showed me, um, which is surprising because this is definitely an artist that uh, I feel like I would get into on my own and like is very in the same vein of like a lot of the music that I listen to by myself. So uh, the song that I'm going to feature is um, That Thing by Hazel English, Click. So, uh, I've not actually listened to this song a lot. Um, like, this is an artist that, like, uh, the songs are just so beautiful and, like, flow together so well that I'll usually just put on an album and, like, just listen to it for a while, not really distinguishing, like, which songs are which. Um, that's why I had to, like, take a second to figure out which one I wanted to feature. But, uh, like yeah I just um think that it's really beautiful it's uh like very fun to sing and like harmonize to um she's just got like uh a nice kind of like low-key voice like I kind of put her on like a similar level as like uh Phoebe Bridgers and um like Julian Baker the Japanese house like artists like that um just really good like kind of softer vocals. Um so yeah, that's my next pick.
0: I, I actually have just like a neat story behind Hazel English. Is there time to tell that? Yeah, go ahead. So basically uh in twenty seventeen my brother and I went to uh experience the eclipse, the total solar eclipse that happened across uh Wow Bragmore.
1: America.
0: Yeah, sorry. Uh it passed right over Kansas City. So I was living there at the time because that's my hometown.
1: Wow, Bragmore. <laughs>
0: yeah sorry i actually l- grew up in a cool place in like illinois <laughs> sorry i'm just taking pot shots at illinois
1: illinois is not a good state it's fair
0: uh yeah anyway so <laughs> we g- we uh there was like rain covering the actual kansas city that day and my brother he is an astronomer he's studying to be an astronomer in college he uh, really wanted to experience the totality of the solar eclipse so we just started booking it Southwest and tried to stay like in the range of the eclipse, but find a town where we could stop before it happened. And we landed in Sedalia, Missouri. We got out from under the cloud cover and uh, we're hanging out in Sedalia. And ultimately it was really fun. Uh, I actually bought a bass guitar. My brother got himself a guitar cause we found this cool music shop and we both had money at the time. So we bought uh, instruments and Easton calls it his eclipse guitar and I've never actually uh, called it the Eclipse Base, but it is the Eclipse Base. And so coming back, he put on Spotify and uh, the song Love is Dead off of that Hazel English album came up and uh, I just really dug it. So I wrote it down and it was the first time that I just went on iTunes and Impulse bought a whole album on the suspicion that just that one song that it might be good and uh, I was proven right. I really like the album that that thing is based off of. And it's just a really good, easy listening album that has a very good tone. I think you're right that she has a... Very I would
1: sp- definitely not call her easy li- listening music, though. I just want to, like, <laughs> di- like make that distinction. Because easy listening to me is, like, a specific genre. And she is uh, definitely, like, a lot more of, like, the indie side of things. And it's so
0: beautiful. I take easy listening very literally in that uh, just it's easy to listen, so easy to listen to, and it's just very relaxing. And you don't really need to be in a mindset; it just kind of takes all of that away and just replaces it with the music without overpowering. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I impulse bought that whole album. I don't regret it, and uh, that thing is a really good selection from it. I think it's technically a bonus track, even though it's not listed as such in Spotify.
1: Yeah, it's such a good song. It's such a good album in general. Just, I recommend the entire artist. Like, her new stuff is pretty good, too. I've listened to some of that. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, thank you for being on the show and um, doing this very gay episode with me.
0: Thank you for having me on and uh, allowing me to gay it up.
1: Yeah. Do you have anything that you want to plug?
0: Um... Nothing in particular right now. Uh, again, I run three and a half walls. Our entire audio base is on like YouTube. We do the majority of our content there. We do short films and occasionally like a film review and some skits. But uh, our main out, our main uh, product is our podcast. But our podcast is also available on audio platforms such as the one you're listening on. Uh, we run it through Anchor, I think, that you showed Tanner how to yeah. do that.
1: Yeah, so theirs is distributed similarly to ours. So um, wherever you listen to podcasts, um, you can listen to that and check it out. Uh, I will include um, links to that either in the show notes or on the website or both. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a madman. Um, but... Yeah, so you can um, follow us at uh, IBM TLTT on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can check out our website at IBMTLTT.com. Um, that and... sounds like a
0: really good sandwich.
1: What would that be? Okay. Uh,
0: what ingredient starts with an I?
1: Yeah, that's really the biggest hurdle in this. <laughs> My
0: immediate thought was indigo and I'm like... Who Iceberg the lettuce. Okay. Iceberg lettuce, bacon, uh, mozzarella.
1: I was thinking mayonnaise.
0: <laughs> Both. Yes. Uh, tomato. Lettuce again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's two more teas. So, uh, turnips.
1: And turkey. <laughs> turkey. Best sandwich ever.
0: I am going to make, I'm going to make the IBM TLTT. Why you have to
1: choose turnips?
0: <laughs> I'm making the IBM TLTT sandwich one day.
1: It'll be great.
0: Nobody can stop me.
1: Just like the LGBT sandwich. So it's like. Lettuce,
0: gay, bacon, tomato. <laughs>
1: Lettuce, guacamole, bacon, and tomato.
0: God, that sounds so good.
1: Yeah, they, uh, actually, I've seen that before. Um, it's, like, a meme that's gone around of just, like, uh, somebody took a picture in, like, a grocery store because somebody actually did make, like, an LGBT sandwich with, like, those four ingredients. Anyway, um, so... IBM TLTT on all the things, and then you can also try the sandwich, thanks to Jackson. You're welcome. It doesn't sound like it'll be very good, but you can try it anyway.
0: Put Um, your damn turnips (laughs) on your sandwich and stop complaining.
1: Jesus. Uh, (laughs) Now we will close out the episode with a closing sentiment that Jackson has prepared for us today. Three, two, one... Big Pharma is,
0: is the root, root of America's, America's problem with opiate addiction.
1: Gollum. <laughs> <laughs> Just anyway. cut it
0: there. Just cut it there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Um, we Andrew will come back next week to save us from ourselves. Um, and yeah, have a good day.
0: Gollum.